Commissioner Holder, did you were you taking attendance? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We're just about to get started. Commissioner okay. um, Chair Meyer, we have quorum. Okay, well, since we do have a quorum, um, then I'll go ahead and call to order the uh, May 20th, uh, 2021 meeting of the Historic Resources Commission. Uh, do you want Lynn, do you want to give the, or Kyle, give the preliminary information? Sure. Uh, Kyle Kobe with planning. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sorry, I started that the wrong way. My name is Kyle Kobe and I'll be facilitating the Zoom video portion of the meeting. Joining me live from the city commission room is Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We will work alongside the chair who is on remote video to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on or off by clicking the video icon located next to the microphone icon. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all of the meeting participants. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. I'll also ask that applicants and members of the public identify themselves each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise your hand feature. Windows and Mac users can access this feature through the participants button at the bottom of their screen. Android and iPhone users can access this feature through the more button located at the bottom right corner of their screen. For those calling in by phone, you may dial star nine. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will call, then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. All motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. I want to again remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking. I'll now turn the meeting back over to the chair. Uh, this is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Kyle. Um, we will start off with our agenda for the evening. Um, uh, Lynn, have we received communications from other commissions? The state. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably should take roll call, shouldn't I? I just now thought about that. Um, so I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, Kelly Irby. Uh, pres present. Sarah Holder. Present. Okay. Neil Ezel, I believe is not present. Uh, Chad Foster. Verna Buchanan Young, I believe is not present. And Jay Hawley. Present. Okay. <clears throat> 
All right, now we'll redo that and begin with communications. Lynn, do we have any communications from other commissions, the State Historic Preservation Officer and or the general public? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no communications this evening. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Um, do we have any disclosure of ex parte communications by any commissioners this evening? All right, that means no, hearing none. Um, do we have any declaration of abstentions for specific agenda items by commissioners this evening? Hearing none, I will assume there are not. Um, Lynn, do we have any committee reports this evening? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no committee reports this evening. Thank you. This is Commissioner Meyer again. Um, we will now move on to the uh, consent agenda. Um, were there any action summaries? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We do not have any action summaries for your review this evening. We should have those next month. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Lynn. Um, administrative approvals. Um, we do have um, some design review applications that have been administratively reviewed and approved by staff that we're being asked to take action on this evening. Um, Lynn, is there anything that you wanted to add about the design review applications? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. No specifics for any of the approvals, but would be happy to stand for any questions you may have on them. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Lynn. Is there any public comment on those items? Kyle Kobe with planning, I'm not seeing any digital hands being raised and we do not have anybody uh, in the room with us to speak on any items at this time. Okay, it's Chair Meyer again. Um, seeing that there is no public comment, I'll bring it back to the commissioners for discussion or a motion. This is Commissioner Foster. I will move to confirm the attached design review applications according to the standards and information listed in the staff reports for each application. This is Commissioner Holder, I second. Okay, this is Chair Meyer. There's been a motion and a second, so we'll take a roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Irby? Aye. Commissioner Holder? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Hawley? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so uh, the motion carries on a five to zero vote with two commissioners absent. Um, next we'll move on is to public comment. Lynn, I assume there is no general public comment this evening. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We do not have anyone signed up for public comment um, for the Zoom meeting, and there is no one in the commission room for public comment. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. Uh, since there is no public comment, we will next move on to our public hearing items. The first item on the agenda is DR 21-133, 1647 Vermont Street. Lynn, is there any comments you wish to make? 
uh, Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Just a quick overview on a few things. Uh, Kyle's going to work with me and see if I can actually share a PowerPoint with you this evening. So, Is everybody seeing that? Okay, thank yes. you. Just want to make sure. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So this is DR21-0013316471. Vermont Street. It's a demolition of an accessory structure and a new accessory structure. This is a certificate of appropriateness review because the property is located in the environs of the Thaddeus D. and Elizabeth K. Prentice House located at 1645 Kentucky Street. This is the project location map. You'll see 1647 in the middle. Okay. The primary structure on the site and the existing accessory structure. Hold here. So the applicant requests to demolish this existing accessory structure. A new <coughs> accessory structure would be built in the same general location. The new structure would be 668 square feet and would be 19 feet, 9 inches tall. The structure would be sheathed with composite siding and would have a slightly pitched flat roof. And just quickly want to look at um, some of the photos of the existing structure. The applicant submitted um, a, a building analysis for the structure that was in your packet and then also a cost replacement analysis that was also in the packet. And I believe there were some photos in there. Staff just picked a couple of photos to share with you this evening on the accessory structure. This is showing one of the sides of the structure and you can see it's a little out of plumb and there's a wave in the roof. This is the rear of the structure. And this shows the interior foundation of the structure. The applicant, as I mentioned, is proposing a new accessory structure. This is the site plan showing the primary structure on the right side of the screen and then the new accessory structure to the left or west side of the screen. These are the four elevations for the structure. The top right-hand corner is the primary elevation that will face 17th Street. Um, it appears to be a two-story structure at this elevation. Then you have um, the north elevation on the left side of your screen, and then the east and west elevations on the bottom two portions of the screen. Um, this is a good view to show you the um, flat roof that's slightly pitched, and it also shows the um, addition of the dormer and the architectural detail on the front of the structure. Um, standard 9 applies to this project. The proposed accessory structure is not compatible with the character of the environs of the Prentice House. The mass, size, scale, and height are not consistent with accessory structures in the environs. And can you go to the next one? This slide shows um, what is on the bottom, what is currently existing with the primary structure on the right and the existing accessory structure on the left. At the top of the screen is the primary structure on the right, 
with the new accessory structure on the left. There are design alternatives like a reduction in size, reducing the mass by changing the roof shape, and moving the structure to the rear of the lot that can help the project better meet the standards and guidelines while meeting the overall goal of the applicant. Staff recommends that the commission refer the project to the Architectural Review Committee to refine the size, scale, and massing of the structure to better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the overall project goal of the applicant. I'd be happy to stand for any question you may have. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Lynn. Um, is the applicant present and would you like to say anything? Um, yes, um, this is Judy Green, one of the applicants. And <clears throat> I guess I read um, a lot of the information that has been going back and forth between Lynn and, and our architect, as well as kind of the most recent response. And um, I guess this is kind of my take, and you can certainly correct me where I'm wrong, is that in your overall appraisal of the project, you're not opposed to the demolition of the existing structure. But the problem is that the size of the new structure is too big in mass and scale and, and height and so forth. What I also read in the report was that we had technically followed the guidelines that we were given as far as needing to be superior or inferior in height to the subordinate inferior to the original structure. And we were never clear and never really got a clear answer on what dimensions we could do. Even in the, in the writing, it says, well, technically we fulfilled all the requirements, but yet it's still not going to meet your standards. And so you know, all along, what we've really been trying to do is get some parameters as to what we can do. We know what we can't do, but yet it's, you know, we're not given a maximum, we're not giving a minimum. So we're not really, you know, we've been working and trying to communicate for almost six months and still not clear you know it seemed like we fulfilled the requirements but then yet the the goal line got moved a little bit for what we needed to do so i guess from the very beginning we've always been asking for direction on what we can do because we're within this historic district and so that just brings me to a little bit of a sub point is that um a very small part of the garage, the, the structure we're wanting to demolish is included in that designation. And so, you know, does that bear, bear any, you know, does that help us any in that, you know, we are not tearing down an existing house. It's a dilapidated garage. And, and also just kind of maybe an in general review of the historic district that we're trying to preserve, you know, other structures and so forth, the condition that maybe we could still meet and be within the environs of the way the environs are now. And so I guess just in general, we were, you know, if we need to decrease the mass 
how, what percentage do we need to do that? Is that something you will tell us? Is the architectural review? I mean, it just got real subjective there. And so truly, I mean, as we're trying really hard to do what we need to do to get this done, but we feel that we're, we've got a lot of money and we've got a lot of time and we've got a lot of drawings invested in that, but we're still not really any closer to where we were when we started. So um, uh, this is Chair Meyer. And do you understand that what um, uh, Lynn is recommending tonight is that the project go to our architectural review committee to discuss those very specific issues? I do. And I, I guess that I'm just kind of a little frustrated that we're this far into the process and then we're still sure. going somewhere else. And we still don't have an acceptable drawing. Obviously, the architectural review is not going to accept the drawing as is, I'm guessing. Otherwise, if it was okay, you guys would, would be okay with it too. So I guess that's just my frustration is what are they going to tell us that you can't tell us as far as how to design? I mean, I know it's not my job to figure out how to design what needs to be there, but we can at least know what we can do. Right. And the the yeah. limits of what we can do. And this is Chair Meyer again. Um, I think just so you know, I mean, one of the one of the things that we do as the commission is we discuss the accessory structure and whether we think, you know, tearing it down is okay or not okay, and then talk about um, what would be would it what do we be replaced with if you're proposing a replacement. So, you know, part of it is that we have to review those other things first before just immediately sending it to the HRC or the ARC. But I do understand the frustration about how long it takes, certainly. So mm -hmm. um, do any other commissioners have any questions for the applicants? I don't hear any. So, is there anything else that you that you wanted to add before we see if there's public comment or bring it back to the commission for discussion? If we have questions, we'll you'll still be able to. Yeah, this is Judy Green again. I guess I'm just still looking for some kind of a definitive numbers with which we can go forward to if we're going to continue to design this. What are our parameters? And is that something that the ARC is going to be able to tell us? Um, sure. This is Chair Meyer. We're going to, we will bring this back to our committee for discussion and we'll, we'll talk about that because one of the things we can do is not refer it to the architectural review committee. We could approve it without doing that. We could talk about it ourselves and decide that. I mean, so part of that is what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Terrific. Great. That's, that's, that's what I want. Great. Okay. All right. Thank you. This is Chair Meyer again. Uh, Lynn, is there, Lynn and Kyle, are there any, anyone there for public comment on this item? Kyle Kobe with planning. I do not see any digital hands going up so far and I can confirm that there's nobody in the room to speak on this item. Jody, you're on mute. Sorry, I didn't know I did that. Uh, since there is no public comment, uh, we will bring it back to the commission for discussion. Okay. 
Uh, this is Commissioner Foster, so I'll, I'll jump in and, and um, as a member of the Architectural Review Committee, certainly always like to encourage discussion at this level to, to give direction to the ARC if that's what we end up deciding to do um, so that the ARC can go forth and, and sort of tackle the broader commission's issues so that when we do come back, uh, it is, you know, likely a solution that can be approved. Um, but uh, in general, I, you know, I, I concur with the staff report. Um, and uh, for the from the applicant's perspective, you know, I can appreciate the frustration and, and sorry you've gotten so far down the road and still don't um, have a clear idea. And hopefully the remainder of this process will, will satisfy that. Um, that you know, the, the, the spirit of the standards um, are really trying to replicate and reinforce the existing pattern in the neighborhood where the accessory structure is substantially smaller than the primary structure. And that's, you know, that's a very subjective um, uh, process that um, an accessory structure for a large home might be more, you know, um, could be larger than an accessory structure for a smaller home. So it's, it's, it's very much dependent upon the context, but, uh, you know, looking at the, the submission and seeing an accessory structure that's approximately the same size as the primary structure, utilizing a flat roof that is uh, not common in those environs, um, that I would say that there is some significant rework that would need to occur This is Judy Green. May I ask the question now? I, I, I understand that. And so, how can you can you give me a number that the house is this and the subordinate number can be seventy five percent smaller, fifty percent smaller than the original structure? Unfortunately, this is Commissioner Foster. Um, it is not a sort of very numerical discussion. It is pretty subjective. That I would look. I would suggest that you and your architect you know, uh, look at the patterns and um, precedent in your immediate context and attempt to replicate that and and be as disruptive to this, to at least disruptive to the listed property as possible. Um, again, looking for other commissioners to weigh in with their observations and their thoughts. This is Chair Meyer again. Um, I just want to, I, I guess, in my opinions about it are that, uh, first of all, as far as that accessory structure is concerned, um, I agree that I think that would be very difficult to rehabilitate that structure. Um, I've seen the pictures of it, and somebody can dispute it if I'm wrong, but um, I, I don't have an issue with that structure being removed. Does anyone else? This is Commissioner Holder. I would agree. <clears throat> I think the question at hand has uh, been articulated in the staff report uh, that it does not currently meet the standards as far as size, masking, and, and scale. Um, and I understand the frustration. As a preservationist myself, we're given these standards, and the standards are to be applied to our review. And a lot of historic structures are built in a variety of ways. And so, unfortunately, we can't have those we have 
qualitative information rather than quantitative. So I can understand that frustration. It's a very complex process. Um, I would echo some of uh, Commissioner Foster's comments. Um, and, and some of the staff report pointed to the, the flat roof as well as the massing and scale. Yes, technically it's six inches shorter than the main um, the main structure on the on the lot. Technically, it is a little smaller, but when you're looking at it at um, eye level, it's it's going to look about the same. They're going to be equal as far as height and massing. Um, so those are kind of my uh, particular comments on as it's a pro uh, proposed right now. Good evening. Uh, might I be able to speak on behalf of my client? Uh, my name is Phil Doherty. I'm the architect. Sorry, Phil, just a minute. This is Chair Meyer. And Phil, you can okay. go ahead and speak. All right. Thank you, Chairman Meyer. My name is Phil Doherty. I'm the architect. Uh, my clients that I'm here to represent are uh, Judy and Conrad. So, so a little bit of food for thought in terms of me being their architect and in our back and forth with the history of my client on why the size of the building. And I certainly understand uh, Lynn's report and everybody's uh, sentiments on the commission uh, regarding this structure. Um, here, here are some, some questions or some comments I have that maybe can be food for thought for the board to uh, perhaps comment on. Um, a, uh, the building is roughly that size, even though it is a little smaller, I certainly understand the sentiments from the commission about the scaling and massing of the building. However, because it is a two-story structure, uh, that structure too is also meant for the business of my client. And having a second story, um, another floor above the first, um, <clears throat> that was very hard, difficult to do in the primary structure. And they probably would have preferred to have done that, but there's certainly not enough room in the upper floor of the primary structure to have the kind of business and space that they would desire, that they're able to get out of a new structure that would replace this secondary structure. Because of the needed headroom, that's why it pretty much predominates the scale that it is. They're just eight foot walls upstairs and that's why we have the flat roof that kind of resonates the, the look and style of the building. If we thought we could get a pitched roof to make any sense to work, the issue would be, be much taller than the primer if you all can understand that. Um, the other thing I'd like for food for thought or comment is that there has been discussion a few months back uh, the fact that this house is ruled as an RS5, assuming it's that designation because of the historic environs that it barely envelopes. There's been some discussion I hear or uh, potential thoughts that the RS5 designation, or at least in that area, may go away. I don't know if that's true or not, but if there is such sentiments, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on that. Also, because the garage is barely touched by the circle of the house, of uh, the residents uh, in question for the historic environs. It is the primary structure that touches the, the secondary structure rather, that touches that circle, not the primary. So is there any credence to that? Uh, simply because the secondary structure that's encroached upon this circle is going away. Now, obviously the new one that is replacing will hit the circle still, but I'm just wondering if there's any credence to that. And I'll stop at that, thank you. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Lynn or Kyle, I don't, do you know anything about the zoning issue? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We do not have any changes in zoning um, applied for for that neighborhood. 
Um, I think maybe some of the confusion is an accessory dwelling unit is not allowed in the RS5 zoning district, which this property is located in that RS5 zoning district. There is a text amendment working its way through um, the public review process to allow accessory dwelling units in the RS5 district. Um, one of the things, um, there are standards for those accessory dwelling units. Some of those standards are size that the applicant has to live in either primary or the accessory dwelling unit. So there are some standards that apply to that. Um, but right now, I'm not aware of any proposed zoning changes for the neighborhood. Okay. Mr. Chair Meyer, again, thank you, Lynn. Um, Mr. Doherty, does that bring anything else to mind? Uh, no, no, I appreciate that from coming from Lynn. Um, it was a discussion with her, in a previous discussion with her. Again, this is Phil Dor, the architect for the client, uh, Judy and Conrad. Um, I think I can understand that comment. Um, perhaps I was hoping that there may be some anticipation on my part that perhaps there will be a designation in the near future that will allow an assessor unit to reside in an RS5 zoning district. But um, if that's not the case, or if that's something that's not going to be considered for some amount of time, I obviously don't have any control on that. <clears throat> but um, I guess that's all I can say about that. I, I guess if, if we were to try to get this thing scaled down, I, I guess I would have to talk to my client or get them to share their thoughts about how much smaller they're willing to make this building. Essentially, it is a two-car garage down below with a living structure upstairs. And it is implied that they were hoping to keep two vehicles in it. Now, if we we're going to try to scale this thing down um, to maybe a one car or something smaller, at least a footprint on the bottom, I guess that's feasible. But they still need a, a, an upper story for some sort of, of human usage upstairs. And I think head height issues are still going to be a height for the, uh, an issue for this structure. Um, I still think you can't get the building any smaller unless they agree to have something all on the the lower level, which will be hard to do because the footprint of the site is very small itself. So I think those are the challenges of the site. And um, unless Judy and Conrad can can say that they're willing to put everything down on a lower level with an upper level uh, roof structure, I, I don't know that they're prepared to do that. <clears throat> this is well, this is Judy Green again. I guess that swings back to the same question is even if we were to figure out some kind of configuration to meet our needs um, on one level, so the height wouldn't be the issue. I guess I'm still um, confused as to how much of the space that's there that we could use. You know, I, I'd always thought that it just made sense to use the existing footprint of the current structure, but um, I understand, you know, that it needs to be sized down, but I guess I'm, I'm just still swinging back to that question of what can we yeah. actually do regardless of how many levels it's on. Or, this is Chair Meyer again, and Judy. I know you're. I know that's what you're wanting to know the details of. I mean, that's part of what we're still discussing here. And I will say that, um, and and I think Chad's part of the uh, architectural review committee. But part of that process of the architectural review committee is that's where you're getting into that nitty gritty about those details. Um, that's where you're talking about your needs for your project versus 
the concerns with you know the historic resources that we have. And so um, people are able sometimes in those meetings to go back and forth and work out a resolution that works. Uh, and sometimes they're not, but I mean, that's usually where those very specific arguments go to. Now, sometimes people say, uh, we don't wanna go to the architectural review committee. Uh, we want you guys to take it up tonight. Sometimes depending on a project, we don't, we don't recommend going to the architectural review committee. So, I mean, typically it's, it's handled in that fashion when mm -hmm. we're talking about these sorts of things. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not, we're not, I'm not trying to put you off about it, but I mean, I think we as a commission are still talking about that right now. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of what we're, what I'm looking for is at least a path. So, you know, right. which way do we need to go? So I appreciate yes. and continue to discuss that. We definitely like to have, you know, some kind of a resolution as soon as possible. Sure. And it, and this is Chair Meyer again, and it's not the idea that there's, um, you know, a, a, a never ending conversation or never ending committee uh, meetings about it. The idea is that probably, and I'm sort of speaking maybe out of turn for the ARC, that, you know, you guys meet one time and it might be um, in pretty short order. You figure out if you're going to be able to reach an agreement together in the committee or not. You know, if you if you go to that, and you don't think it'll work for you or the project, then it'll come up back, it would come back to us to either uh, approve it or deny it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is Commissioner oh. Foster and I'll, I'll jump in for a, a little bit and encourage folks to correct me where I go wrong. Um, but addressing a couple of things Mr. Doherty said, um, I think the way it works is that if you're in the environs, you're in the environs, and if you're not in the environs, you're not. So a little bit sort of doesn't matter. Um, either it's you're, you're thrown into this process or you're not. Um, that's, that's my understanding. Um, and then the, we're also, this, this commission is in a unique position, I suppose, that we really aren't supposed to um, factor in a lot of real life issues like the cost of things or, um, or maybe your functional priorities or, or, or whatever, that, that really the task of this commission is to protect our historic resources and interpret the standards and have discussions like this and debate amongst ourselves. But um, if somebody's trying to accomplish something that really isn't accomplishable and still protect the historic resources, we are really obligated to deny that. There's appeal processes and things like that, but we have a very sort of limited purview. We are really only supposed to consider the standards and not all the extenuating circumstances. So that, that's the situation we're in. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, just sort of uh, some insight into some of the things that I might bring up if this goes to ARC is that if you're, that if you're trying to accomplish a certain amount of square footage or volume with the, with the, the project you're undertaking, and and we are going to honor the that the secondary structure be subordinate to the primary structure. An option is to expand the primary structure, so that that some or all of that square footage is being added to the primary structure, and it and it grows in size. And so, if there is a secondary structure, it is very subordinate to the primary. Mm -hmm. um, that changes a whole lot of stuff um, based on, on the submission today. But, um, you know, the guidance 
will be that um, you know that the that the accessory structure is very subordinate to the primary, as has been discussed. And so I, I have a hard time anticipating that the ARC and ultimately the HRC would approve a full two-story second accessory structure that's approximately the same footprint as a story and a half primary structure. Um, it just doesn't accomplish that that requirement of the standard. Um, and so that's that's what I would bring to the conversation is that at least in part to, if this goes to the ARC. Um, my thoughts. Mm -hmm. This is Chair, Chair Meyer again. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, Commissioner Holly. Sorry, uh, Chair Meyer. Um, similar to um, Commissioner Foster's questions or food for thought comments, um, questions I would just ask if this were to go to the uh, ARC is volumetrically, because um, I've done some chicken scratch math, but I don't count it. Um, how does this compare as a volume to the original structure? Um, it's pretty pretty close by my calculations. So that would be an. Um, there's not a prescriptive requirement um, in terms of volume, um, but it's it would be a consideration. I would also be curious, um, and I am new enough to this commission to not, I have not read the, or not been a part of these discussions to understand how much these questions could be impacted. I would also be curious for the hypothetical exercise, if this were a new lot, you know, if, if a tornado hit this, what would be allowable on for a primary or a secondary structure, just as a pure hypothetical thought experiment. But the, as Commissioner Foster said, the purview at hand, the limited considering this as a historical review, we have very specific guidelines about what we're looking at. This is Commissioner Holder. J uh, Commissioner Holly, um, <clears throat> to comment on one of your, your hypothetical questions, if this uh, property were taken down by an act of God or nature, um, they would need to come back because it is an environment. They would need to come back with a new structure that's in keeping with the other properties. Um, so similar in size scale and design. So we would be back to the same conversation. Ms. Conrad Altenberg, if it was knocked down by a tornado and rebuilt, it would rebuild, re be rebuilt outside the circle and it wouldn't be affected by the circle, wouldn't it? This is Commissioner Holder. So the environs, as I understand them, um, and, and as we've been taught, if your property lot is in the environs, it's in the environs, even if it's just clipped by the whole lot, 50 feet, the whole lot, the whole lot is is triggered in the environs. Um, uh, Lynn and Kyle, can you confirm? That's all right. Yes. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. That is how the environs review has been done in the past. Um, Commissioner Holly, again, uh, Commissioner Holder, one one question, or to any of the other commissioners, though, of, again, um, apologize for the hypothetical, but if that were to happen, a two-story structure 
would be allowable in this if treated as a new lot. I mean, there's two-story structures around the all around the block, if I'm correct. This is Commissioner it, Holder. It, it, uh, it is the nature of, as a secondary structure evaluation that's such a limiting factor on their intended use. This is Commissioner Holder. Holder. Uh, Commissioner Holly, it's the, uh, I have not found a accessory structure that is a two-story within these environs. Um, this is Judy Green. I just, if we were not in any way included in the environs, would the standards of being subordinate to the primary structure, things like that, would those standards still apply? If I just would live, you know, across the street and it wasn't included in the historic district, could I, I mean, obviously there's certain things that you can build and you can't build, but would those type of standards apply as far as mass and, and volume? This Lynn is Commissioner Lynn. Holder. Oh, uh, sorry, Lynn Bowling-Solner, oh. Historic Resources Administrator. Um, Develop the site um, and get your building permit. You also have to meet the land development code. It also has information in it about being subordinate to the primary structure on the lot. The um, size and the height are two items that are considered. But if you look at the definitions in the land development code, it also considers mass and scale. So you would be working with the same type of parameters. Okay. <clears throat> this is Commissioner Holder. I have, um, would the applicant be willing to work with the Architectural Review Commission uh, Committee? Um, we'd certainly, you know, if we, this is Judy Green. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain we would, we would definitely, you know, take a meeting and see kind of what our options would be, whether we would continue to go forward with the project if, if that was something that we just couldn't do within, you know, what you need and what we need. But we certainly would be agreeable to take a, a you know, have a review for sure. Review of a new plan? I mean, you would want to review the existing plan, right? And work. I mean, obviously, the, the existing plan isn't going to um, satisfy anybody. So we would be working from the existing plan to develop a new plan. With some kind of direction from the committee? From the ARC, yeah. Help our architects? Yeah, this, this is Chair Meyer, and, and I'm not on the Architectural Review Committee, and maybe our other commissioners might say that, but, I mean, the starting point is to take the proposal that you have and discuss with them what their concerns are and if changes could be made to address those concerns or not. Okay. And that's something our architect would be involved with? Well, correct. Good. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay. 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 So I, I wouldn't suggest this if it was just a complete waste of your time or just as a dragging out process. I mean, it's something that we do a lot. In fact, we have another project almost specific to your project <laughs> next on the agenda for tonight. And to be quite frank, I mean, I think part of our concern is that the precedent that we set for other projects, um, you know, accessory structures are a big deal of for what we review, e either historic properties or in the environs, you know, they're almost always 
small structures like yours that are not very good shape that people want to um, get rid of and replace. And quite typically, those replacement structures are larger for a variety of reasons than what were, was there, either because people want to make apartments above a garage or, you know, they, whatever they want to do. I mean, so part of what we do is make sure that we're trying to create consistent precedent when other people are looking at projects and we just don't approve them if we don't think they meet our standards, uh, you know, just because it was Judy Green, somebody will come next and say, well, Judy Green's project you allowed and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, we try to be consistent with people about how we apply standards. So that, I guess that's, if we look nitpicky about it, that's kind of why we do it. But I'm hopeful if you go to the ARC that a resolution can be reached. I mean, I can't promise that, but that would be my hope. And does any other commissioners have thoughts about that? Um, this is Commissioner Foster. Um, it, it'll it'll just be dependent upon the applicant's flexibility, um, largely. That uh, I I think from the commissioners that I've heard from tonight that um, there's you know there's support, agreement, concurrence with the with the staff report, and our task will be to assist the applicants to come into compliance with the standard. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, applicants, you know, don't have the flexibility. They need a certain amount of square footage or they're trying to accomplish a goal that's just directly in conflict. And then, you know, there's sort of nowhere to go at that point. But if the applicant comes to an ARC meeting um, with, you know, a great deal of flexibility and, and you know, clear understanding of the, the staff report and the comments to date and thinks that it would, if there's enough wiggle room there or flexibility to come into compliance, um, then yeah, we can have a great conversation. Um, but there's always a possibility that's sort of a, a, a non-starter that well, just inherent conflict. This is Chair Meyer again. I, I guess I'm asking those of you who are on the, the ARC, um, you know, it, if you don't think there's any way that the project can there can be a compromise short of them, say, taking the top level off or something else. I mean, I, I guess I would like for you guys to, to speak your thoughts about that so that the applicant doesn't feel like they've, they've wasted their time in going to the ARC, if that makes any sense. I just, I mean, I, I, they have a frustration level, I feel kind of not knowing what the information is. And I just, I hate to send them there if, the idea is that everything has to be substantially changed, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. This is Commissioner Holder, and this is going to be directed to, I think the only uh, member of the ARC is Commissioner Foster, who's present today, correct? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator, Commissioner Holly is also on the ARC. Perfect. Um, Thank you, Lynn. This is Commissioner Holder again. So we, if we are to send this to ARC, the ARC, do you think that a potential compromise is um, slightly enlarging the footprint, but then reducing from a two-story accessory structure to a one and a half? 
Um, this is Commissioner Foster. Um, yeah, it's hard to sort of discuss speculatively, but the, um, you know, coming at it from the other direction, I wouldn't anticipate an, an acceptable solution being substantially larger than the existing garage. That, you know, it would, it would, we could even, you know, meet on site or whatever the rules allow us to do. But my anticipation that those environs, you know, have a clear pattern of accessory structures being, you know, very much subordinate to the primary structure, looking to maintain that relationship. Um, and I would suspect that the existing relationship between the existing garage and the primary structure is probably about right. And um, I would anticipate that an acceptable replacement would be not that much larger. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, but you know, Commissioner Holder, yeah, that could include expanding the footprint slightly. But yeah, I, I can definitely say a flat roof is a no-go and a full two-story is a no-go from my perspective. Um, this, this Conrad Altenburn, I, I understand all that. The I think the existing footprint of the of the garage right now is maybe like 420 feet or something, and it's got seven foot walls on it, which makes it look so much small. You know, makes it smaller in height. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Doherty can figure out something. He's very sharp on it, and uh, I think he can get something going. That uh, I mean, we want. We're not so much concerned about a, 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 a garage. I mean, it is a garage now. We're storing equipment in it and stuff, so we're not really looking to store a vehicle in it, but we would like that upper upper section for our families. Just structure, more office. So I'm sure Phil can, can, can meet any of the requirements and get it going for us. I'm confident. Well, can. This is Chair Meyer again. I, I guess... Um, I'm I'm prepared to to move to refer it to the architectural review committee, but I just wanted, um, you know, you guys, the applicants, and Mr. Doherty, to to hear everything that got said and decide if if you want to do that based on the the conversations that we had. Mm -hmm. I don't want to send you there if you don't want to do it. If you want to just have us to take a an up or down vote about it, we can do that. Or otherwise, you know, I would just move to refer it to the architectural review committee and see what you get worked out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's Conrad here. It's obvious nobody likes that drawing and uh, we just want to move on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're ready to go to the next to step. Move. It's going to be the, the final step, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, where are they going to go? We should go to the architecture. We're w willing to. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do okay. that. All right. Okay. Great. Well, okay. yes, this is Phil Doherty. I'm, with, if our client's good with meeting with the ARC, uh, I'm definitely good with sitting down with them. So what's the next step? How do we set that meeting up? And I'm willing to do that anytime for my client. Absolutely. All right. This is Chair Meyer. Mr. Doherty and the applicants, I, I think we'll bring it back to the commission to make a motion. And then I believe that that um, Lynn will help set that up with you guys later, not tonight. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank you so much for All your right, time. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay. Very good. Thank uh, you. Um, thank you. This is Chair Meyer again. I'm going to uh, move that we refer the project to the Architectural Review Committee to refine the size, scale, and massing of the structure to better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the overall project goal of the applicant. Is there a second? 
Commissioner Irving, second. Okay, there's been a motion and a second, this is Chair Meyer, and I will go ahead and take a uh, roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Irby? Aye. Commissioner Holder? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Hawley? Aye. All right, and Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so that motion carries five to zero. All right, good luck to the applicant. Good luck to you, Mr. Doherty. Thank you all, appreciate it. Have a good evening. Thank you. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. We, we will move on to um, our second public hearing item tonight, which is DR 21-00091, 1704 Tennessee Street. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, this, this is 1704 Tennessee Street. It's a new accessory structure. It's a certificate of appropriateness review because the property is located in the environs of the Thaddeus D. and Elizabeth K. Prentice House at 1645 Kentucky Street. And Standard 9 applies to this project. The project location is shown on the screen now. 1704 is highlighted um, with the light blue color. This is the existing primary structure on the left is the main elevation. And then I went ahead and put in a photograph showing the dr existing driveway that would extend back behind the house to the new accessory structure. This application is a little bit different than the one we just reviewed on several cases. One is its location in the environs. On Tennessee Street, there's been a lot of new construction of very large structures. This is a smaller structure on that lot, but the proposed location for the new detached um, garage is behind the structure on a lot that is not a corner lot. And while it's similar in size to the primary structure, its view or the view to this structure from the public right of way is minimalized by the placement on the site. And that's shown here in the site plan. These are the elevations, the front and the rear elevation of the proposed structure. It does have a gabled roof and it is a two car garage. This shows what the sides of the structure will look like. There's no fenestration um, and very simplistic in design. Um, staff would also refer this project to the Architectural Review Committee for design refinement of the size, scale, and massing of the structure to better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the overall project goal of the applicant, but would also like to add that there are circumstances for this property that you did not have with the previous property and that the placement on the lot and the actual lot and the environs of the listed property for this area are um, different than those that we looked at on the last project. So with, with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Are you referring to the applicant, ma'am? 
Sorry, I just uh, got my mute tape. Jody, you're still on mute. Sorry. Uh, this, is, this is Chair Meyer again. Uh, is there any public comment on this item? Kyle Kopey with planning. I'm not seeing any digital hands going up and there are no individuals in the room to speak on this item. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We did have some information sent to us by the applicant. I'm not sure exactly what they were showing in their photographs. We'll go ahead and share those with you. I believe these are the larger structures that have been built um, in a similar location on Tennessee Street. And, okay, that, and that's the, that's that's the purpose of the of the pictures, similar structures that are bigger. So you've already touched on the purpose of my pictures. Uh, okay, this is this is Chair Meyer again. Um, I, I I assume the applicant is present. Yes. Uh, does the applicant wish to make any comments? Yes. I have my advisor on this project also with me, um, Bob Bitchum. Okay. I'm looking for comments from the uh, committee on why the size differential is um, a factor. What are, what are the negative aspects of the secondary building? So, is size the only thing? Because it's already been stated that the building is not gonna be seen by the public in general because of the placement of it on the property. So again, my question primarily is, what are the factors involved in not approving it as a state, as it's, as it's already been presented. Uh, sir, have you looked at the uh, at the report from Ms. Zollner? Yes. Yes, I have. And Lynn, if you might, and I'm sorry, I still have my, I still have my uh, computer set on the previous project. Could you maybe just answer his question in terms of concerns about uh, the size and massing and height? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, the size of the proposed structure is similar in the size to the primary structure. Um, we do not have the height of the existing primary structure. Just looking at the, it seems that it would be similar in height. So again, it speaks to the subordination of the accessory structure to the primary structure. But it is important to note that it will not be very visible from the public right of way. And there are um, larger structures in the area although not necessarily detached accessory structures. 
the accessory structures on the uh, structures that are taller that you mentioned alluded to the um, apartment buildings that are built been built on kentucky and tennessee are not only taller but their, their secondary structures are incorporated into the primary structure for instance the garage garages are incorporated into primary structure is that a factor that eliminates them from the guidelines or the uh, rules that we're seeing to be um, under, and this government seems to be under, or is there some other factor involved? Because the secondary structure that she's proposing is at least one fourth smaller. Is there some guideline that it's got to be one fourth less? I know that the previous structure, primary, secondary structure was six inches shorter than the primary. This one is far, far shorter than that. It's at least 20 to, or, or more inches shorter than the primary. So it's much smaller. Is there any guideline say, stating how much smaller it has to be than the primary structure? Lynn Braddock, Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. There's not a specific um, numerical value that goes along with the evaluation. Um, I would also like to state that the structures that we're talking about that are so large did not have to go through historic review they're outside that review area but if you look at the environs of the neighborhood as a whole it does have large structures um, that staff thinks the commission can take into consideration because of the exact location of this property and the environs okay I, I, and my question pretty much remains how much smaller, if it can be stated, does it need to be? It's, it's this the secondary building that is proposed is again substantially smaller than the primary structure. This footprint is smaller, additionally. And if any guidance can be given so as to, as the previous applicant stated, give some understanding as to how much smaller it needs to be, it would help everybody in the city who is facing similar situations. Because with the subjectivity of the committee's guidelines, it's very difficult for anyone without spending an exorbitant amount of money to find out what they need to follow. If it's subjective, that's a word. An understanding, but it gives no it gives no credence or gives no guidance that are put to what needs to be adhered to. This is Chair Meyer. Uh, thank you for your concerns about that. Um, that's something that we're going to discuss when we bring it back to the commission here for discussion. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I am going to bring it back to the commission for discussion now, uh, and we may have follow up questions for the applicant. All right. This is Commissioner Foster. Um, I'll try to get things going again with my thoughts, um, considering this is potentially going to be referred to the ARC. Um, and again, generally in, in concurrence with the staff report. Um, and I appreciate uh, Lynn's commentary and the applicant's commentary on how the environs have, have evolved and can be certainly factored into uh, discussions and deliberations. Um, 
you know, placement of the lot and, and, and such, you know, might merit a, um, a, a different discussion than, than the, than the previous applicant or a, a larger structure, you know, you know, might be appropriate. Um, if brought to the ARC, I would, all, I would be adding to the mix potentially, um, the character of the proposed structure, um, I don't believe is particularly compatible with the primary structure um, that um, while the, the examples that the applicant showed of the larger, the new larger structures were, you know, highly articulated, um, uh, very uh, complex exteriors, which can, can help um, with the, the scale and just magnitude of a project. This, this proposed project being in the rear of a lot certainly does not merit that kind of um, architectural effort and expense. However, um, the, uh, this proposed structure, the, the roof pitch is, is pretty foreign to that neighborhood. The materials are pretty foreign. Um, I would be uh, urging the applicant to consider materials that were much more compatible and similar to the existing building of horizontal lap siding, uh, matching roof pitch, uh, similar windows and such. Um, um, and, but then if, if those things were accomplished, I would probably be very open-minded on, on um, the, the issues of scale and, and mass and, and, and potentially even height. So that's, that's my, Initial thoughts, and again, looking for any corrections or additions from other commission members. This is Commissioner Holder. I agree with uh, Commissioner Foster's comments and sentiments. Um, I would also add that it would be easier to compare the size and scale of the structure um, if there was more of an elevation comparing the two structures or some information about height. Uh, the packet as it was submitted does include the site plan with the footprints. So that was very helpful and I appreciate that. Um, but if we're talking about size scale massing and at, at what length do you need to go to reduce that to be in compliance, it's, it's a little challenging um, with that information not present in the packet. Well, if I'm understanding you correctly, then the, the the design of the windows, because the pitch of the roof, other than the directional factor, is the same as the primary structure, and the the shape of the windows. I've had, I have a, I'm having a difficult time understanding how that pertains to the structure that won't be visible to anyone other than the neighboring house to the south because it won't be visible to anyone else let alone the street or kentucky, of kentucky and tennessee so how much weight do these factors carry in the decision process especially since the, the, the height of the building is on a descending plane from west to east there is a downslope coming off the hill to the 
west. Again, going east, it descends. So the structure will be substantially lower than the primary structure. And with you not having the height of the primary structure, that information would give you the understanding that it will, it plays in greatly to the size of the building because from every direction, because of the descending nature of the landscape, going from again, west to east downward, will have the, the visionary appearance of the building being much smaller than the primary structure. But I'm kind of dumbfounded that you don't have the dimensions of the primary structure since it's been, you know, nearly a hundred years since the house was built. Um, this is Commissioner Foster. Um, and I appreciate those comments. There's absolutely nothing in your application that suggests those facts. So that's that's new information tonight and certainly could be considered and discussed at the ARC meeting. Okay. This is Commissioner Holder. This is, this it would it would be helpful to see a cross section of what you're describing, even just a schematic showing that elevation difference. I, I don't have those elevation differences. I, I would I was under the impression, naively, matter of factly, that the city would have those dimensions, considering that they have you know the um, plans for the whole city. Period. Um, because again. It, this is Tennessee, from Tennessee to Kentucky. Yeah. It's downhill. At least, and it descends at least. I'm going to speculate four to eight feet from 17th in Tennessee to 17th in Kentucky, and continues downward towards Massachusetts, where it begins to be more level. But anyone that's ever ridden down Tennessee understands coming off of 17th on the hill by the fraternity house on the corner up to the T of Tennessee and Louisiana, knows it's, it's a descending property line all the way down the hill to Massachusetts. So any structure built behind the 1704 Tennessee primary structure will descend dramatically. The rain, we had a, a massive, you know, a good, as they would say, a gully washer today. And the water was flooded on Tennessee because there are no drainage systems on the east side of Tennessee that allows the water to drain into them. They're all on the west side of the street. So Tennessee becomes a floodplain in the street when, it, when there's ever, again, a good gully washer, to use a term. Okay, this, this is Commissioner. I'm, I'm sorry, I just wanted to bring it back to the commission for discussion. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> this is Commissioner Holder. At this point, um, if we can have that additional information submitted with the application, that would be great. But I think uh, I would like to move for them to work with the ARC to implement some of those changes that were um, have already been stated. Uh, so, Ms. Uh, Commissioner, this is Jody Meyer. Commissioner Holder, are you uh, moving to refer the project to the ARC to refine the size, scale, and massing of the structure to better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the overall project goal of the applicant? This is Commissioner Holder. I can make that motion. I was just trying to get a conversation started because I didn't know if Com Commissioner Holly or C Commissioner Irving okay. how they felt. Yeah, I was just stating how I felt. Thank you. I have a question for the commission. Don't, do you have access to the city, to the information in regards to the grading of the town from 17th and Louisiana to 17th and Massachusetts? I don't have that information. And I'm wondering why if the city does, 
because you know you seem to be at a at a loss for information regarding the grading. This is, this is Chair Meyer. Sir, usually when applicants present projects, they provide the relevant information to their project. Um, uh, the commission to... sometimes requests additional information, okay. but the city staff does not have uh, the resources to go off and independently investigate all projects. I mean, usually this is information that's submitted with packets. Well, I, I thought this was general knowledge of, of the city of Lawrence. If you've ever ridden down Tennessee or 17th Street to um, um, Louisiana to, to Massachusetts. It's, it's, it's unmissable. You know, you're going downhill. You could take a ball. I, and I, yeah, I'm just yeah. wondering this, this, this is Chair Meyer again, sir. I, that's I do relevant to the that. historic commission. Jim Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, staff can provide um, topo maps of the area. What we can't provide is the actual height of the existing structure um, and to do a section showing the proposed structure and the existing structure but we can take more photographs of the site and have those available okay that, that sounds fine to me i was just i was just speculating that if you rode down seven from 17th in louisiana to 17th in mass you can't miss it i mean it's it's irrefutable information it just takes a not i have I, eyeball observation this is commissioner holder um I, I would like to bring it back to the commission um, to hear from a, the other commissioners. This is this is Commissioner Foster. Um, I, I would like to hear from as many commission members as possible before a potential um, motion to send to the ARC um, um, that it be pretty clear um, what we're trying to accomplish as a group. Um, we'd be particularly interested if, if others um, um, have concerns with the compatibility of material and form, um, including things like window type and shape, um, you know, common issues if we're looking at additions and accessory structures. Um, uh, taking into account the the um, diminished visibility of the structure, but does not eliminate those issues from my perspective. Um, and so again, when just with the the, the potential of a of, you know some some um, energetic conversations, but would, would like to understand the the disposition of as many of the commission members as possible. that happen tonight? This is Commissioner Foster. Uh, ARC meeting would be scheduled for a later date. Thank you. Um, this is Commissioner Hawley. If this were referred to the ARC, the um, as already discussed, but some specific items that I do think would be very fruitful for any evaluation would be the existing topo, which was already discussed, um, the existing and proposed building heights or uh, pad heights, um, because without those two, without knowing where ground floor is, it's impossible to really gauge. Um, 
another question. I know it was that it was stated that the roof pitch of the proposed addition was matched the identical. Um, again, without having detailed plans and just looking at Google Google imagery of the existing structure, um, I'm hesitant to agree with that statement that the roof um, pitch is identical. Um, so I would I would like to confirm what that is on the existing um, or some of the same adjacent structures. I would also think um, a horizontal siding would be much more in keeping with this, though that is uh, with the neighborhood pattern. And I would also encourage the applicant to look at um, window types as well as Commissioner Foster did. But but overall, it, I'm inclined to think at a, at a high level that with that information, there might be a agreeable solution that's in keeping in character. Commissioner Irby, and I will just echo what others have said. I think to, to me, the main thing is the height. Uh, second in priority to me would be the uh, windows. And then third, uh, I, I do see the point about the siding, but the height is the main thing to me. This is Commissioner Holder. I agree with the recent comments from Commissioner Holly and Commissioner Irby. This is Chair Meyer. Um, uh, so I guess the question is, and I might be a little bit confused, do, do folks want more information from the applicant? Are they, before considering what to do, do we, are you wanting to just refer to the ARC? Commissioner Irby, uh, I think that more information is needed, but I, I'm comfortable at this point referring to the ARC and, and, and having the applicant provide that additional information to the ARC in, uh, in part to move the project forward. Mr. Chair Meyer, again, is there any other comments by commissioners? This is Commissioner Foster. I will move now, Jody. <laughs> I will move that the commission refer the project to the Architectural Review Committee to refine the size, scale, massing, and character of the structure to better meet the applicable standards and guidelines while meeting the overall project goal of the applicant. All right, this is Chair Meyer. There's, a, there's been a motion. Is there a second? Commissioner Holder, second. Okay, there's been a motion and a second, so we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Aye. Commissioner Holder? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Hawley? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye. That motion carries five to zero. And Lynn, just so we're, we're clear, will you be in contact with the applicant about setting that? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Yes, I will be getting some information out to them tomorrow. Typically, the ARC meets on the first and the third Thursdays of the month, so we would try to get this on for that first Thursday of the month if we can make everybody's schedules work. So hopefully it would be back to you at the June meeting. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. Thank you very much, Lynn. 
All right, well, then we'll move on now to uh, miscellaneous items on our agenda. Are there any miscellaneous items tonight? Lynn Braddock's owner, Historic Resources Administrator. Unfortunately, tonight was also the public meeting for the downtown master plan. So I know you were all wanting to attend that, but um, there was a little conflict with scheduling there. But that draft document is online right now. They will not be presenting to the Historic Resources Commission, but the commission did appoint Matt Veach um, to the steering committee. That steering committee will meet um, before the document goes to the city commission. So if there are items in the draft that you would like staff to pass on, please feel free to email those to me and I can get them to the consultant. This is Commissioner Holder. Lynn, do you have a time frame when we need to get those comments to you? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. The sooner the better. I know it's scheduled to go to the City Commission, I believe the first week in June. Um, and the steering committee, I believe, is next week. Kyle Covey with planning. Yeah, the steering committee meeting's on the 27th, I believe, at four, either four or six. I don't remember. It's four. Yeah, that sounds right. And then I believe it's June 1st, uh, as Lynn said, is when it will be going to city commission. Chair Meyer, thank you. Any other miscellaneous items this evening? Okay, if there are no other miscellaneous items then, then I will move that um, we end uh, the May 20th meeting. So thank you everybody.